Episode 38, Silly Goose Gang Podcast, and joining us this evening, or this afternoon, Mark Valente of Wine Dog Gym. So Mark, thank you very much for joining us today. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here now, Mark, and I'm trying to figure out what is on your t-shirt. What is that? This is, um, so this is, uh, put my cocktail down for a second. This is, uh, it says <laughs> Namaste, so it's from, ah, okay. uh, Smashing Greens, they're uh, uh, Mitch Aguilar's uh, company. Uh, they do. Uh, he's a former Navy SEAL and yeah, UFC yeah, fighter, yeah. and yeah. and uh, I love his stuff. I, I uh, he we have a mutual friend in common who turned me on to his stuff. So I've been I've been uh, uh, buying all his gear. <laughs> I believe I believe you have messaged uh, Mitch about coming on here as well, Ali. Didn't you? To jump on and have a chat with us, so we're all, we're also a fan of his, so that's uh, that's kind of cool how that works out. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah, so yeah, you're uh, you're best known, uh, Mark, for the, the Highland Games stuff, which obviously we have a great interest in. I love with, it, yeah. So, so how, how does that how's a how does an Italian American become involved in this Highland Games? It, it was uh, it was kind of I, I had a very uh, different uh introduction to it than most people so uh i was a shot putter in high school uh okay. my first year throwing the shot and discus in high school uh we had a guy down the street who was like the local bus mechanic who worked on all the school buses and he was an amateur highland games guy and uh came down and, and saw me throwing the shot put and i said oh you should try these highland games out so I gave him a call a couple once the season was done. Said, "Hey, I want to try the Highland Games out." He said, "Well, he said you have to be able to." And I was 15 years old. He said, uh, "You have to be able to bench press 300 pounds, squat and deadlift 400 pounds before I'll coach you." Which I don't think he could have done to save his life. But um, <laughs> I, I waited three months and I called him back and I said, uh, "I'm ready to start training." And he said, "Well, did you hit those numbers?" And I said, "Oh yeah, I got them. No problem at all." I wasn't even close to that, but, uh, you know, he, uh, he agreed, he agreed to coach me and, uh, it, it just, uh, I did, uh, four or five years as an amateur. And, uh, once, uh, it, the writing was on the wall that I wasn't going to throw the shot and discus in college. Uh, I said, well, instead of throwing for a college, I'll just turn pro and, and, uh, try to make a little money for myself and became a career for 17 years. Wow. So, yes. That's pretty, uh, Pretty cool, pretty cool little introduction into it. But um, yeah, it's uh, you, 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 I suppose each individual event within the Highland Games uh, is th- there are similar things within other kind of disciplines, but they're all kind of uniquely bundled together, which makes it quite a weird um, sort of discipline. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's quite a bizarre thing. Yeah, it's and it's super. It's super difficult for guys if you're a if you're a high level shot putter. I think I, I mm. it was better for me that I wasn't a high level shot putter or discus thrower. I was just a high school kid. When a high level shot putter comes in and he's really really good at the shot put, and then he has to mm. figure out how to throw a sheaf or a caber, mm. it can be a little bit of a mind fuck for him because they go from being the best guy in the field to the worst guy in the field because it's yeah. just an entirely different skill set. 
Yeah. So what what is the weight of a shot put compared to? Is it the same weight for like the because what it's called? Is it the Braemar stones? It's called is that the same thing. We call it the Braemar stone. Right. The, okay. The Scots call it the, uh, the the heavy stone. So the heavy stone. Uh, right. Okay. Why we call it the Braemar stone, I don't know. But uh, the heavy stone or the Braemar stone is usually twenty two pounds or heavier. Uh-huh. And open stone where you can actually spin or glide is 16 pounds just like an olympic right, shot right so then what what so, so that's the same as a, an olympic shot put right right yeah. right okay 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 so that's actually i think it's one of those things as well as you know you know i'm trying to think now what is like 16 pounds like or, or 22 pounds i'm just trying to think in my head what that would be like in terms of weight and try to think about throwing it because it's i think they were actually uh when it trans when it when when stone putting became shot putting, I think it was because of the cannon, uh, cannonball yeah. size of the cannonball. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I could be totally full of shit, but I, I think it was uh, uh, the, because of the cannons. That's what they were throwing. Yeah, I suppose uh, you it's know the island game. It must be true. It's now in the end of it. Must must be true. <laughs> it was from it's the cannonball. From the cannonball. <laughs> right. Everything on the internet is true. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I suppose the you know. The, the the Highland Games go back way 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 back. So um, yeah, yeah. Did you did you ever study like the history, or did you see? I you hear history at all these games, yeah, and you don't know how much of it is bullshit and how yeah. much of it is the real deal. Uh, you know, you you hear all these stories of how the caver came about. They were they were trying to uh, traverse moats or get them up castle walls. And I'm thinking there's gotta be a fucking better way to traverse a moat or get over a, a castle wall than throwing a stick and having the yeah. guy who a stick get murdered. Um, so I, I don't, I, my guess is a bunch of guys went out and got hammered and said, I can throw that, that stick better than you can. And, and that's Most probably likely. how it happened. Yeah. I know. Um, like from what I've heard uh, and read, um, I don't believe anybody knows where the, the you know the tossing the cable comes from. Uh, there's loads of wild ideas, but yeah, it's probably most likely some guys were pissed and went. Right. I, I can throw, I I can throw that further. You just started throwing it because there's no reason. Like there's no reason that you would ever throw a massive no. log and hold and it this way. That's the thing is, in all these games, we ended up getting wrecked afterwards. You know, we we throw all day and then go to the beer tent, and then all of a sudden you're throwing lawn chairs or you know whatever is available to you. You know, so it's just, just guys being guys. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so what did um? I mean, did you do did you do any like competitive powerlifting as well, Mark? Did you like so not that not one? really? I uh, no. I I. I spent a lot of time with the power lifts training for the Highland Games. So I, uh, I, once I turned pro, I went down and myself and Kerry Overfelt, we went down probably half a dozen times to Westside Barbell because mm. Westside Barbell happens to be two hours from my house. Okay. Uh, so we spent a lot of time just picking Louie's brain and uh, just figuring out what, what the, how best to take his system and use it for throwers it, it just made a lot of sense to me so i i trained like a power lifter actually but i never i never got into the bench squat or deadlift i just what to be honest with you i never thought i was that good at them uh mm. you know i was a i was an athlete who liked to move and and accelerate weights i was never a a guy who could you know i i, I had a 455 bench which for me was was great but uh mm. i never i never was uh one to get into a power lifting meet or anything like that just yeah. Like so yeah, I mean, 
so I got, you know, I think, it, and maybe it's just me, I think most guys uh, go through a stage of, you know, when they're, you know, when they're doing those compound lifts of getting numbers in their head and going, I want to deadlift 600 or whatever, whatever the number is. And then, you know, I got fixated on, you know, a 250 kilo deadlift, which will be five, 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 five six, six, something, five. yeah, something around about there. So, I, you know, because I did, uh, I deadlifted 240 and then you, you start chasing this 250 number and you just think but everything else is going to shit because I'm just constantly and it means nothing it's so it's relevant to anything you know unless you're actually doing competitive powerlifting it, fuck, it doesn't matter it's not relevant to what I was doing so uh, you know I like watching you know powerlifting um, it's really not relevant to I mean, unless you're powerlifting, it doesn't translate, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not one of those things because, you know, you do, you know, I'll do some, uh, you know, triathlons and stuff like that, do some Brazilian jiu-jitsu, it doesn't, you know, at the top end, after after you get past maybe like 200 kilos, you don't really have to be any stronger than that generally, you know, for jiu-jitsu or anything, so, um, yeah, I think, Powerlifting is one of those things that I'm, you know, I'm excited about to, to do it late, later in life, just for fun. But um, yeah, it gets. Uh, I think you know the numbers become. You never find that when you're lifting, you get fixated on rather than you know saying the game's coming up, but you end up getting numbers in your head like you know I really want to fucking press yeah. whatever it is 300, 300 pounds or something. Um, gets, so that'll uh, get, get in your brain, right? So and and. Now that I'm older and and more experienced, that wouldn't have played in. But when you're a 30 year old guy, and yeah. you know you you, the last time you hit a PR, you had a you know a 700 pound deadlift. But man, this week when you pulled, you only pulled 670. So am I gonna? You start playing mind yeah. games with yourself, and you start chasing yeah. these numbers. And as a kid, you know it's it's hard to overlook that stuff. I think nowadays. Um, <laughs> You're right. Like, I mean, I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu now, and I know that I'm going to be stronger even at the body weight I am now than 99% of the guys I get on the mat with. Yeah. But it really doesn't matter to me. I go in, and if I do a max effort day, and if I pull 500, great. If I pull 560, great. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just whatever I did yeah. that day, I went, I went balls I did. out. Yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't. Um, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't realize that you were doing some some uh, BJJ. So I was trying to find a way to articulate oh, it. Sense to somebody. So I didn't know you did it. But, so, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we all are. So yeah. So you, me, and Ali are both blue belts now. Um, yeah. And then you know, like you know, the gets to a point where if I can, you know, I can probably. Left, uh, you know, 200 kilos, whatever that is, two, uh, two, uh, four, four, twenty, four thirty, or something like that. If I could do that yeah. for you know triples, I never need to be any strong. No, no. Stronger than that. Yeah. Uh, to go near, or two thirty. Most again. of the guys it's I absolutely roll pointless. with. Right, and most of the guys I roll with, you know, it's hard enough to get them to lift weights at all, let alone you know yeah. really. Get, they've got they've they already got stuff that they're doing. You know, they're. I, I'm a four-stripe white belt, yeah. so hopefully I'll be getting that blue belt soon. And, uh, you know, everyone's more technical than I am. Um, I'm just, uh, you know, I, and most of 
most of what I do is a, is a eighth grade wrestling with some submissions in it, you know. <laughs> so I, <laughs> super high tech. so I, yeah. I, I use what I have. I, I've got good grips and I, I get heavy on people. So yeah, yeah. I suppose yeah. You you um, you having you know those grips in the gi would be a nightmare. Love have like really Love really it. awesome grips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate don't, it. I, won't, I, I don't like no gi. Forget about no gi. I, that's not me. I need. I'm an old man. I need to slow things down and get a hold of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I'm an old man as well, Mike. But I. I I'm sorry, Mark. But I hate the. Uh, I hate the the gi because of the fact it slows you down. I like it being a little bit faster, a little bit more fluid than the. People grab a hold and you just can't shake the grip and oh. yeah, what's um what's what's uh what's what's crazy is you get some of the older guys, some of the older guys you know the you know guys who have done judo or you know something like that, and you get that old man strength and they just grab your collar and you're like ah shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have two instructors. One guy is a. Uh, uh, a black belt in jiu-jitsu and a brown belt in judo. And then my main instructor is a black belt in judo and a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. So I get a lot of judo yeah. and that, that suits me a lot better being a bigger guy. And, uh, you know, I, yeah. I like pinning, I like, uh, you know, the, the, the smash and pass stuff. And, uh, uh, it works really well for me, but man, this, he's 58 years old. And when he gets a hold of you, Forget about it. He's got a grip from hell. <laughs> There's not yeah, much you can. Well, um, our uh, our coach is the same. Our coach uh, John is fifty three now, and he's a brown belt. Exactly the same thing. He's got that you know crazy old man mentality, and he he he, he makes it horrible. And <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he gets a hold of your collars and strike it. It's horrible. Yeah, awful. So yeah. So what what was he? You know what made you? I, the the jujitsu, just 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 like the look on. So, a uh, good buddy of mine uh, ran a school just down the road from me, um, and uh, we were talking. I had him on my podcast, and um, he just kind of talked to me. And I thought, man, this sounds like something I might want to do. And I'm I'm into the old physical culture guys, you know, and they were all slinging kettlebells and wrestling, you know, so. I thought it would be a, a nice thing to try out. Um, went out to my first class, and see, I, I had been a corrections officer for 19 years. So, you know, I'd been oh, in okay. hundreds of altercations mm. and thought I was a tough, pretty tough guy. And I went in there that first night and just got the dog shit crap beat out of me for an hour and a half and realized <laughs> all of a sudden I don't know how to fight. I, you know, yeah. I was walking around thinking I knew how to fight. I had no idea. So, that was the evening class. So, what? Uh, Ten hours later, I was in the morning class learning how to fight. So, um, yeah. it was a little scary for you know six months where you're walking around knowing how vulnerable you are, and now it's yeah. like you know. It, hopefully, I'll get that blue belt soon. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's I used to what, have pictures of my family. That? Yeah, yeah. Now you, yeah, now you just want, now you just want the blue belt. I just want that blue belt. I've got a picture of it. I, I, I used to have a picture of my wife and kid on my phone, and now when you look, when I open up my screen, there's a picture of a blue belt there, just to remind me. You know, what's really important in life is getting that blue so what's, belt. Um, what's uh, what's uh, what's a really nice feeling? Um, 
and you get your blue belt and you start to feel like you know, you, you start to develop your own style and your own game and you have your yeah. own things that you go to and places to, to come back to uh, and advance to um, and then you get like a, a new guy comes in like a new-ish white belt and you can play with them and that's right. such a nice feeling because you can sit there and, and play guard and you're just going oh look at this and I'll do this and I could do yeah. this and it's such a nice feeling such a nice feeling I mean, you go, oh, so good, and then you roll with a you know a really good purple belt. Glass. Yeah, oh yeah, and you get <laughs> humbled you still, again. You still get smashed. You still get smashed. It's that those yeah. peaks and valleys that I love about it. You know, yeah. we we've you know there's times where you know and I, you know I, and I know Ali said this, and you know I've said this as well. Is there'll be certain weeks where you go, I am shit. I've just yes. worked. nothing works. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, it's, am- it's amazing. Uh, you just keep persevering, you know. Um, that happens to Ali. It happens to Ali more than anybody else, obviously, but, you know. Genuinely <laughs> <laughs> had that spell where I forgot how to jujitsu. I genuinely <laughs> forgot how to jujitsu. I would be like, 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 um, like you were saying, Mark, you know, that feeling of just, I've forgotten how to defend, I've forgotten everything, I'm just getting hammered, smashed, and then suddenly, you, you know, a week later, as you say, the next class sometimes even, it's like it gets implanted back into your brain and you can suddenly remember how to do things, but it's it's humbling, it is humbling the first time when you go onto the mat, or you go up a level, and or the first time you roll with a, a you know, a, a good blue or a good purple, um, particularly as a, as a white belt, it's, it's a humbling experience, and me and Chris have said a few times it's scary to think how many people think on a Friday and Saturday night they can fight having had zero training. Zero training other than I'm tough, I'm big, I can throw fists. And well, like I said, I, I'd worked in a correctional facility for 19 years and embedded hundreds of altercations. And then you realize at 44 years old or 45, whatever I was, that I, I didn't know how to fight. And anybody with real training was gonna was gonna throttle me yeah. uh, it, it, it led me down to a, a bunch of other paths where i needed to improve myself and you know i i i uh i changed my training in the weight room i lost weight i started running oh now i'm gonna take a ccw class and learn how how to use firearms better and you know it just it, it led me down to a path yeah. of, of being a better human just through grappling you know yeah a hundred percent. I could not agree more. It's um, uh, you know, I think a lot, a lot, of, you know, especially in in two thousand and twenty, where there seems to be an abundance of uh, what's the what's the right word? People who have a very high opinion of themselves, <laughs> think that are super important. It would do a lot of these guys and girls a lot of good to get submitted, and then they would go, oh shit. I don't know what to do. Yeah, <laughs> we really—it's uh, such an important thing for them. Um, it's it's getting people to do the hard things, right? So whether it's yeah, it's uh, slinging kettlebells or or putting yourself in a situation where someone's going to beat up on you a little bit, or you know, I, I train with guys at my gym. Obviously, I'm not a, much of a runner, but when I'm training with my boy Isaac, who's a former uh, recon marine. You know, or oh. or Alex, who's a, a 22-year-old runner, and I'm, you know, f- way behind them, but I, I'm trying to better myself. And it, 
it yeah. takes training with those guys who are going to humble you and make you feel like garbage in order to push you to the next level. And people just don't get that, that, that uh, in order to take a step and, and get to that next level, you got to surround yourself with people who are going to kick your ass, whether it's on mm -hmm. the mat or in the gym or in business. And, and it, it, it takes, uh, it, I don't, I don't know if I would have been good at that in my thirties, you know, but, but now in my forties, being able to put that ego aside in order to become a better human being, I think that's really important for people to learn. And, and uh, you're right, more people need to figure that out. Oh, yeah, a, th a thousand percent. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, um, I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know about Ali, but you know, I feel like I've always been one of these people who kind of developed late, um, you know, kind of grew into things late. And I'm like, I'm late to the party on everything. Um, so yeah, now you know I'm 35 now. I'll be 36 this year. But um, yeah, I feel you know it really takes you know Jesus who's been so important just to take another step in life, just to become more of a more of a, an aware person um, yeah. and more responsible, more respectful. Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. So true that you need to surround yourself with, with the good people that are willing to push you because you get people that don't want to push you. They, they want to still see you, as, as kind of you were saying, Mark, when you were in your 20s, 30s and, you know, partying and drinking. And, you know, there's only so long you can do that for before you either end up spending your whole life doing that or your body starts to pack in and, you know, you get all before your time. And there's people want don't want to see you getting out of that. Yeah. Um, and it's only when you step away and look back, you go, actually... You know, the people that I thought were, were okay were actually kind of not holding you back as such, but weren't letting you develop as fully as you could. So I think that's a massive element of surrounding yourself with the right people can have well, such a positive effect, not just in terms of, as you're saying, you know, jujitsu or athletics or, you know, just in life generally, it makes such a big difference. So when I, uh, when I was on the circuit, uh, my first couple of years I had trained with, a, or I traveled with a guy, um, and we got to the point where we were both, beating each other week after week and it i kind of stalled my progress had kind of stalled he retired from the sport and i hooked up with carrie overfelt who was 2007 national champion uh craig smith who i i say is the uh the best highland games guy that no one's ever heard of mm. um, and we started traveling together and my throws i was the worst guy out of those three so when I, when I got in with them, it was humbling because now I went from a guy who was winning every other week to a guy who wasn't winning at all. Um, and so I'm traveling with these guys all over the country, and they're savages. You know, we, we went into, into cities, and, and we threw, and we won money, and then we hit the beer tent, and there was girls on our laps and, you know, too many beers <laughs> and cocktails. And, but that's how we lived for years. And, and the three of us, and then Chris Chafin joined the group, who was also a, an absolute monster. Um, but my throws leveled up. So when I joined that group, for instance, I was throwing the 28-pound weight about 74 feet. And when I retired, I was throwing at 86 feet. The reason for that was not anything I was doing differently training. It was all mindset. I didn't want to yeah. lose those guys anymore. So yeah. I killed myself. And I, and I learned and I listened and I, and I just kept upping my game because I didn't want to be, forget about not being the best guy in the country. I didn't want to be the worst guy in that group of four. 
and that was a high level group of four yeah. and whether whether we were throwing or lifting weights or you know we went to the the bar afterwards and we're in a ski ball tournament or you know air hockey <laughs> you didn't want yeah, to be the guy who lost yeah. you know so it, it was uh it was it was a constant competition and i mentally it wasn't it didn't make me a great human being i didn't deal well with people outside of highland games because i was a savage people didn't understand why i was in my garage squatting at 6 a.m while they're going to their job at the insurance office but yeah when i was with those guys and i was trying to make a living throwing sticks and stones it's what i needed to do i needed to be, surround myself with this group of animals who were better than me and then just train and train and train and compete until i was at their level um and what's what's um what's funny about that is you go from one sport where people are you know really gnarly and they've got massive hands and they're really tough looking guys and yeah. then you go into this other sport where you're you, you train with these absolute nerds and those nerds would a hundred percent fuck up the crazy looking guys <laughs> i tell you what and i tell you what 46 year old mark would have fucked up 36 year old mark who yeah. thought he was a hard ass you know yeah, i mean yeah. That's what's yeah, funny. I, I hate those nerds. I hate those guys who look like, uh, you know, with the dad bods who, you know, just will throttle you because they're way smarter than I am, you know? Yeah, that's that's what's funny. That's what, I think there's a, what was the picture? Um, I think it was, a, I think it was actually a boxing related one and it was a, do you know who Gennady Golovkin is? Oh, yeah. The yeah, yeah. So it was a picture of Gennady Golovkin and he was wearing like, uh, like, uh, like cream chinos and like a stripy top. And he looked like a, a pretty college guy. And there was, yeah. a picture of, uh, there was a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime flexing. And it's like, it's so hard to convince anybody who doesn't know anything that this guy would murder this guy <laughs> because it doesn't make sense. Well, so I'm from, I'm from the Cleveland area and we've got Stipe Miocic is our heavyweight ah, champion. Oh, okay. And, you know, so that was two weeks ago, you had Stipe who looks like some kind of preppy nerdy guy <laughs> Versus DC, who looks like he's lived on Cheetos and ice cream his whole life. They're the two baddest dudes on the planet, you know? It's, you know, it's, it's crazy. So that it's so funny. Never be able to convince people that those were the two baddest human beings on the planet. And, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, there was actually, um, there was, a, there was a, a, you know, a few memes going around when, when Andy Ruiz had beat Anthony Joshua. He knocked out Anthony Joshua. And then yeah. uh, DC was the, the heavyweight champion because he had just beat Steepy at the time. And it was like, this is peak male uh, physical fitness. And it's these two fat guys. Like, yeah. what? Just, nothing makes sense anymore. Nothing yeah, makes why, sense. Am I, why am I running five miles if these two guys are the baddest <laughs> two guys on the planet? You know, I don't get it's it. Hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah. And by the way, if you, see, if you see or hear from DC, I didn't say any of this. So just pretend <laughs> like you didn't hear anything. Yeah, just, you know what? The, the, these guys who can actually fight will all be super cool. They'll oh, all be yeah. super cool guys. Yeah. But you know, the, the you know the guys at the you know the, the powerlifting meet or the Highland Games meet who actually think they're tough, they wouldn't take it well. But yeah, you know the yeah. actual guys who can would be like, eh, I don't care, man. Whatever you think, I don't I'm not bothered. But you know the guys who couldn't fight would be like, what? I'll beat you. I had uh, okay. I had Dante you know, Leon on the show. And uh, Dante's uh -huh. from, uh, just just north of me, so I, I text him every once in a while, and and uh, and uh, talk about a guy who's 
very quiet, very humble, very unassuming, and will just throttle the shit out of you if you had anything nasty to say about him. I mean, he's he's an absolute <laughs> savage, but he's the sweetest guy you'd ever want to meet, you know? Yeah. yeah that's I texted him right that's before that, the Gary Tonin fight. That's hilarious. I'm like, here's your big shot, Dante. You got Gary Tonin. Let's get after this, yeah. you know? And I was so psyched those, for him. Those guys, uh, you know, those kind of hard guys insane absolutely insane those those guys um yeah it's uh it's such a cool sport that keeps evolving you know you know so I, I, you know I, and and you know i'm sure the highland games is kind of the same in terms of nothing really changes is you know it, it, you know essentially it was the same now as it was 100 years ago and it'll be the same kind of in 100 years time whereas is evolving all the time you know, things get added and change, and you know, all of a sudden, everybody's learning leg locks. And you go, "Fuck!" You constantly yeah. have to keep evolving. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, the whole thing changes. You know, and then someday, you yeah. know, I guarantee you, someday we'll be working on something now in a basement someplace of something new that nobody's thought about, and it'll come out. It's amazing. Really, yeah. Amazing. You gotta, those are the guys you got to worry about, right? Those guys that are yeah. down there just just uh nerding it up and thinking of ways to it's it's uh i talk about when i was in highland games and when i first came into the sport for instance uh the world the i watched the world championships and mm. carl braun i think won the 56 pound weight for distance with a throw of 36 feet and mm. now that wouldn't even have made a good amateur throw you know yeah. uh, records yeah. over 50 feet and uh, I threw 44, which which at the time was pretty good. Uh, but it, it, I got to be in, a, in the infancy of, I, I think a, a guy by the name of Ryan Vieira came in and changed the sport. And he took these numbers and he, he did what Kerry Overfelt and Craig Smith did for me. He just upped everybody's game. So yeah. when he came in, that 36 feet won the world championships. And I think it was the next year he threw over 40 and everyone was like, Oh, you can throw over 40 feet in this thing. And then all of a sudden everyone was throwing over 40 and then, uh, 49 feet was the record for a long time. And then two guys broke it the same weekend and it was crazy. And it was fun to watch that progression over the years and watch the cabers get bigger and bigger and bigger as the guys got stronger and more technical. And, uh, there were so many moments in Highland games, that I got to see over a 17 year professional career where I was on the field with, with Ben Plucknick, who is the uh, American record holder in the discus. And I got to see uh, Harrison Bailey, who was just a fantastic phenomenal air and, and Paul Ferenczi, God rest his soul, who was the world record holder in the way for height and all the way up through, through Ryan Vieira and, uh, uh, you know, Dan McKim and Kerry Overfeld, all the way up to Matt Vincent. And, you know, I got to compete with everybody. Eddie, I, I tell Larry Brock, and I tell everyone that when I was competing in Highland Games, there was, it, you know, we didn't throw as far as Spencer Tyler. Spencer Tyler has like six of the world records right now. But mm. the group of guys we threw with was more competitive and through further than at any time in the entire history of the Highland Games. So you had you had probably 15 guys in the world who right now 
could win the world championships. And mm-hmm. it was all because we just hated to lose to each other. And we all just, yeah. we just upped each other's game. And um, it was great. It was, and, and to people talking about drugs in the sport or whatever. And yeah, there was plenty of drugs in the sport. There was plenty of uh, testosterone. There was plenty of marijuana. There was plenty of alcohol. We had all the drugs in the sport, and we loved every minute of it. You know, so fuck it. Who cares? You know, <laughs> it's a strict sport. Sounds, you know, that's just the way it works. It sounds like it sounds like you miss it. I tell you what, I I don't. Uh, yeah, I fuck yeah, I miss it. Yeah, I miss uh, I miss going on a road trip with my buddies every weekend and being the center of attention and. Uh, and uh, coming into a town and everybody knows you were coming and you know every town had a festival and that was a big weekend for and for us it was just another weekend but we realized that people waited all year to come out and hang out at this festival so we became entertainers and we pretended like we were wwe guys you know and we talked shit to each other on the field and and we trained really hard during the week, and we interacted with the crowd. And at the end of the day, even though you were exhausted, they wanted you to go over to the beer tent. And, oh, darn, they wanted to buy you free drinks all night. And expected <laughs> You had to, you had yeah. to do that. And we realized, and we were very good at, at realizing that this was entertainment. And, God, what a stupid sport. You're, you're throwing rocks and sticks and kilts, and people want to pay you a lot of money to do it. So, I mean, is it that big of a deal that you go over to the beer tent and hang out with somebody and take some pictures? And I mean, it was it was a great time. And then guess what? After this weekend, you get to do it next weekend. And uh, yeah, it was is, is it really like time. that? Is, is it really like that in the states? Is a different, you know? Th- I'm assuming it'd be through the summer months. So I I competed uh, usually uh, my first games was in April. So I would mm. go from April until Halloween weekend. So it was every weekend oh, or okay. every other weekend from April to Halloween. Um, oh, okay. And then yeah. as this Halloween was over, oh, shit, you had to go back and be a normal human for a few months. And that was, <laughs> that was rough to do, you know, because all the skills did, we did learned you... as Highland Games athletes didn't transfer to normal human life. You no. Know, or, no. Why are you why are you 312 pounds? You know, why, what's your problem? What do you, you know, and then you have to explain, well, you know, I, I do this stupid sport where they actually pay me to do this. And it, was, it was crazy. Did you, um, did you never get a chance to come over to, to uh, God's country and, and do some, uh, some Highland games? I had, so it's kind of a confusing story. So I had the opportunity to come over to Scotland, but Here's the deal. So Scotland has a, a time of the year where you have a games almost every weekend or sometimes like yep. two or three a weekend. And mm. all the, the top, let's say the top five Americans would go over to Scotland and compete. Well, I could go over to Scotland and play sixth to these top five Americans, or I could stay in America and Canada and win and get a lot mm. more money. So, uh, okay. unfortunately, I never got over there. Um, we're, we're actually trying to plan a trip over there now. Unfortunately, now it'll be on my own dime, and I'll have to pay for yeah. that trip. But 
you know, at the, at the time when, when you're throwing weights in order to make your mortgage payment, it made more more financial sense for me to stay home. Yeah. Yeah. So was Canada a big part then, just for the expat community in Canada for Highland Games? Oh, the Canadians love love Highland Games over there. It's and they're way more knowledgeable than the athletes. They would come out and tell you stories, and and, and they have the brogue and every you know it's it's uh, it's uh, um, uh, it's a huge deal. And every little tiny town in like Ontario has their own Highland Games. And I was only three and a half, four hours away from Ontario. I basically just had to travel around Lake Erie. Uh, so I spent a lot of time in Ontario uh, competing, uh, and I actually actually got out to Calgary. Calgary was a oh, just a, one of my favorite places on the planet to throw, and um, so I spent a lot of time in Canada. Lots yeah. of Scots, yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of Scots in, uh, in Canada, yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know, uh, you know uh, the reason I was I was going to ask if you just was I was going to ask if you had ever. Um, Lifted the Denny Stones. I think that's something that you know a lot of guys do the Denny Stones. But um, I I would have loved to have tried it when I was when I was actually strong. Um, I think I could have lifted them. <laughs> um, I had a seven hundred and thirty pound deadlift. Uh, you know, I I think I could have lifted them. Um, I did get to do a trip to Iceland uh, for. Uh, 2017 uh i did the 2017 world masters highland games championships and it was in reykjavik and oh, okay um, it was great because um you got to go over and i got to iceland which has always been something i wanted to do yeah. uh, but to tell you the honest to god truth the highlight of the trip was going up to husafell listen lifting the husafell stone and uh i i, I didn't make it all the way around the goat barn or the goat crowd, but I think I made it probably, I don't know, 70, 80 feet. But just to be able to lift that stone and walk around with it, 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 it was it was the highlight of the trip, you know. One yeah, of the yeah. Coolest things I've ever done. Yeah, definitely. It's just, um, you know, if you look at, uh, I don't know if you've ever looked at it, Sally, but the Denny stones are supposed to be, I think, seven thirty pounds, like yeah. or something like that. Um, and, you know, and Donald Denny was supposed to cross fifty yeah. feet across a bridge, uh, but he he was in reality a tiny little man. And yeah. you just do the numbers and go, he he didn't lift those. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's I think a little bit of uh, fuckery going on there. Just in terms of numbers. <laughs> it very well be, but, you know, I'm good with that story. I'll take it, you know. Uh, it's a cool story, but I think yeah. he was only like 15 stone, so yeah. which would be 100, you know, like 95, so, you know, yeah, yeah. just over 200 pounds. So to, to lift 700 pounds would be, you know, like three and a half times body weight, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little sketchy. Yeah. Makes for a good story. Yeah. 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 It's a cool story, but I'm not entirely, you know, it's one of those things where I think it's probably grown arms and legs through the years. But, um, he, uh, yeah. You know, you see, I think, I think correct in saying, I believe Brian Shaw has the record for moving the Denny Stones now. I think Brian Shaw has the record. 
I'm sure they did it on the TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, yeah. like thirty feet or something. Old, uh, but you know, he's pure strength. Where uh, Kaz and Sigmerson and, and Jeff Cates. Mm-hmm. I think Jeff had uh, dropped out by them, but uh, you know, Kaz tried to shoulder one of them and walk around with it. It was like you got to be fucking kidding me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Those guys yeah. were the best, though. Yeah, that was that competition got me. Uh, seeing the old pure strength, and I remember reading it in Iron Man magazine when it actually happened. So I'm like, I don't know, 13 years old, and seeing yeah. the pictures from from uh, was it Huntley Castle of these guys yeah. in kilts and these stones and going, oh shit, that's what I want to do. That looks cool. And uh, now that's cool because you have the videos of it on YouTube, and I show it to my 15 yeah. year old side. It was actually yeah. done a couple of games, and, and uh, yeah. that was a big motivator. But I remember those guys lifting the Denny Stones and trying to yeah. carry it across the bridge. Let's face it, if Kaz and Sigmerson can't do it, my guess is Donald Denny probably didn't really do it. But I'll still tell people that story. What the hell? Still, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we we still we still try and convince people that there's a, a monster in Loch Ness, so <laughs> Denny could have carried those stones easily. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? So, but yes. Um, so did you, did you see your your son's doing a little bit of Highland Games stuff? He, uh, he's, uh, he's doing uh, he, he's a shot disc hammer thrower, uh, and he did uh, a couple of Highland Games uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, um, his main focus is track, but he's done some Highland Games. And he's to be honest, as far as athletic ability, he's a way better thrower than I ever was. Uh, uh, and if he sticks with it, he'll probably end up doing something hopefully he'll he'll make a splash in track and field and, and then he can do highland games afterwards if he wants but uh uh yeah he's a good thrower yeah. the ncaa system in america helps a lot of track doesn't it if they're if you're really good at track the ncaa systems are a great probably the thing that we that we don't really have any sort of a lot of time don't have an understanding of over here but we don't have anything yeah. similar to the ncaa system it's tough, you know. It, it's uh, here you have a feeder system, and you don't always have the best coaches. But uh, yeah, the NCAA, if you get in with a good school and a good coach, uh, you know, we probably have the best track and field program in the country, an hour away from me at, at the University of Ashland, and uh, mm-hmm. he's been down there. So he's been down there for camps. He's worked with four different Olympians because just because of me and the people I know, I. I can get him in with these guys, so that, and they're more than willing to work with them. So, I mean, how many fifteen-year-old kids do you know who worked with four Olympians, and you know, yeah. he's gone to all these track camps, and he just loves it. And and so I give him every opportunity I can to to help him improve. And but yeah, the NCA system is so much better. But you know, you look at guys. You guys had, in my opinion, uh, Gregor Edmonds. Uh, could possibly be the best Highland Games athlete I ever competed against. And uh, he was, uh, he grew up in the sport, you know, so he was, he was uh, world champion in Highland Games. He made it to the finals in World's Strongest Man. Uh, mm. He was probably the best strength athlete I ever competed against. And uh, mm. if, uh, and he didn't have any of those things, you know, he just happened to be around the sport his whole life. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, what happens. What generally happens in Scotland is, I've seen, and you know, I know Ali has as well. Seen some 
Fatality guys in any sport, it doesn't matter whether it's you know soccer or or rugby or you know athletics, you know any fight sport. What generally happens in Scotland is around about sixteen years old, people start drinking, <laughs> and everybody just goes. It genuinely, it's it's just guys. You're like, holy shit, this guy is going to be in the just. Uh, I don't know what happens in Scotland. You know, they find yeah. they find beer, they find beer and cheap cider, and they go to the local park and they fuck all up. It happens constantly. It's like there's no there's no program to keep people kind of interested, and it, it really ruins so many good prospects that we have here. Um, you know, it's very rare that somebody makes Scotland. Generally speaking, alcohol. You know, you find beer. Oh, this is way better. Who's going to do that? Yeah, you know, Gregor, uh, Gre- <laughs> Gregor was not uh, immune or uh, adverse to having a few cocktails, uh, but uh, I think he probably just handled it better than most people. And yeah. uh, he was a fantastic athlete, and uh, it, it was really fun to compete against him uh, the, the handful of times I got to do it. And uh, he got a little bit of a shaft from um, – Highland Games can be a little bit of a political – uh, uh, political yeah. deal, um, and and he wasn't uh, he wasn't the golden boy, so he kind of got. Uh, I think he could have won multiple world championships if they weren't uh, if if it was a little bit less political. You know, I think he probably could have yeah. been a three four time world champion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, almost every sport I think has those political um, issues. You know, you've got to you know shake hands, say hello to the right people, and. You know, toe the line, toe the line sometimes. And if you, you, your face doesn't fit, then, yep, you're not going to win anything. We're going to make this real difficult. Yeah, um, and, and it's, it's, it's uh, kind of crazy when, you know, you, you know if, if, uh, if you don't shake the right hands and kiss the right asses, all of a sudden uh, you, you are in jeopardy of failing drug tests where the guys who are mm. uh, kissing the right asses don't even get tested. So, um, yeah. It, it Highland Games has a has an issue with that. Um, it's you know no one no one is. Uh, I mean we're all adults here, and, and and Highland Games is a strength sport, and to be at the top yeah. level of a strength sport, I don't care if you're a shot putter or a strong man or a powerlifter. You know you you have to do what you have to do to get there, and to pretend like some people are doing that and some people aren't is ridiculous. Um, and uh, Gregor didn't keep kissing up ass, and uh, that's why he got kind of got shunned. And uh, yeah. but I loved him. I thought he was a great guy and a, and a, and a yeah. best thrower I ever competed against. Yeah, it's um, yeah, you know, you know, if, if, if especially you know, if the Highland Games is going to be a fairly small community in terms of the the, the lifters throwers. Um, so you know, if one guy's taking something, yeah, everybody's going to know. So everybody would have to, or, or you get left behind. As you know, one of those things where, um, yeah, you know, it's like you know, I know people who I've had the conversation with people, you know, watching. I love watching world strongest. You know, if I was bigger, if I was physically bigger, I would have been a strong man because I love strongman stuff. Um, but you know, I've spoke to people and they go, yeah, do you, do you think, do you think half your Bjornsson takes steroids? And I'm like, you're fucking serious. Are you fucking serious? Come on, man. He's fucking 205 kilos and he just pulled 501. Come on. Right. Don't be stupid. Yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
you're like, come on, man. Like, and I, you know, I had the same conversation, Mark, with a, a friend of mine. Uh, and, you know, we're talking about the, you know, the sprinters. And, he, you know, he's like, yeah, I'd really like to think Usain Bolt was clean. I was like, okay. I mean, if you think Usain Bolt was clean, I have some magic beans to sell you. Okay. Yeah. And, he's, and, then, and then he did, he actually looked at it and it's like, yeah, of the top 10 fastest men of all times, the other nine had all failed drug tests. It's like, you do the math. Come on. Fucking <laughs> hell. Yeah. These guys are all doing something. Yeah, and it's it's just the the race. Who's got a better chemist? Who's got the new? Yeah, it's, it's 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 crazy. And and you know we're going through the same thing in jujitsu right now. Is is you know we've got a lot of guys who are who are super jacked and and coming from the sport I look I, I came from. I look at them and go, oh well, obviously. But yeah, you know to complain about that is is a little bit crazy on my. Uh, from my thinking, you you know, it's just like every other sport in the world. I don't know why jujitsu would be any different. You know, yeah. they're gonna do. You put money on the line, you're gonna have people doing whatever they need to do to win. Hundred percent. Once once money becomes involved, people are willing to do to go, to go to the lengths to make sure they win the money. It's, yeah, 100%. It, it, yeah, hundred percent. It's um, you know, if there's if there's money involved, there will be corruption involved. And you know, you know, I mean, you know. I, you know, I've, I've spoke to people as well who, you know, hate on Lance Armstrong. Um, you know, I, Lance Armstrong's a fucking cheat. And they're like, listen, man, he still won. And yeah. everybody else was doing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, he still won. Like, and everybody else was taking steroids. So, and, yeah. you know, and it's not it's not even like it's a secret. No, we know everybody else was taking steroids. Yeah. We all did it. He was just better on yeah. steroids. So, he still won. So, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, one of the years, know, one of the years that Armstrong won, and they realised that, he, or they got him for for the for the drugs. They went back through the general classification, and they dropped down to something like the seventy fourth cyclist. Yep. Before they had yeah. someone that was actually clean, and at that point they're like, he finished like seventeen hours behind. We can't give it to him. So, <laughs> and that's why all Armstrong's titles have just been voided. They haven't been awarded yeah. to other people because everyone yeah. was losing. Everyone was on yeah. the field. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you look at um, if you look at the UFC when uh, there's a few fighters, so when Jeff Nowitzki came in, uh, you know the most obvious one was was uh, Johnny Hendricks. Johnny Hendricks went from being a world beater, world class, to all of a sudden they were getting tested and he was shit. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was awful. You go, oh, okay, I understand. I understand. What, uh, you know, you know, Brock Lesnar's another one. You know, yeah. um, you know, he came back for UFC twenty. It's like, oh. Brock Lesnar failed a drugs test. No shit, he did. No like, shit. <laughs> Brock, Brock Lesnar is, is steroids. What are you talking about? You know, uh, 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 Tate Fletcher, uh, Tate Fletcher was a UFC fighter and now he run, runs Caveman Coffee. He had one of the best quotes where he said, uh, you know, if you keep up with this drug testing, that the, the, the guys in the stands are going to look yeah. better than the guys in the cage. Yeah. And, I mean, isn't that what we want to see? Isn't that what we want to see? Alistair Overeem at his absolute best fighting Brock Lesnar at his absolute best because holy shit, let's see these two mutants kick the crap out of each other. You know, <laughs> I don't want to see fat Alistair Overeem versus a, a weak Brock Lesnar. Nobody wants to see that crap. And, and to say yeah. that you do, you're just lying to yourself. You know, I want to yeah. see John Jones coked up out of his mind, running over. <laughs> 
pregnant ladies in the street taking steroids and kicking people in the head. You know, that's that's what you want to see. You know. Yeah, yeah. I want to, I want I, I want to see somebody do an eight point nine at the hundred meters in the you know Tokyo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just just testosterone dripping out his nose and doing an eight point nine. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm a kid from the '80s. You know, I grew up on Arnold and Sylvester Stallone and Dolph Lundgren. That's who I grew up on. You know, I don't. I don't want to see. Uh, you know, whoever the the they, they try to the pass off as as action heroes today. You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to see Ryan Gosling in a in an action. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you know, all action like... movies should have the rock in it. That's it. You know, that's yeah. just the way it should be. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's when you look back to the eighties and you remember Hulk Hogan saying, "Take your vitamins," and now you realize, <laughs> "Hell yeah!" You know, that's, 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 that's what, what I want. What's hilarious is there's a there's a few a few uh, accounts on Instagram that do like you know me and Ali grew up watching like nineteen nineties WWF. And you look back now and you watch Macho Man Randy Savage doing an interview, and it's like, how did nobody know that they were on cocaine constantly? (laughs) (laughs) How did did the parents not go, I think he's taking cocaine. I don't think we should let the kids watch us. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? They're so obviously high on drugs constantly. It's just amazing. I remember my dad saying about Jake the Snake Roberts. He's like, he's he's out his tree because he never blinks. And I was like, no, no, it's part of his, it's part of his character, Dad. He doesn't <laughs> blink on camera. My dad's like, I don't think he's blinking off camera either. <laughs> right? Yeah, your dad had it down pat for sure. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's quite funny. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm the same as you. You know, when, when you know. Uh, when, when you know people talk about rock stars nowadays, you know, you're talking like you know whoever. I, I don't even know. Uh, like you know, like the, the Jonas Brothers. Like, you know, I want, I, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't want, I want my rock stars to be doing cocaine in the back of a limousine with some strippers. And Hell come out, yeah! Kick a yes. cameraman. You want, you want <laughs> Steel and Motley Crue, and you want them, you know, you want Motley Crue coming out with with two strippers on each arm and doing cocaine off their butts, and and that's what a rock star is. You know, these fags that are out there pretending like they're. You know, Give me a break. They're not rock stars anymore. Yeah, There's nobody out yeah. there anymore. No, I want Hank Williams Jr. with an arm around a girl on each side, a big bottle of bourbon in front of him. You know, that's I've, what I want. Have you, ever, uh, have you ever seen the picture? Have you ever seen the picture? And it's like a meme now. And it's like, you may be cool, but you'll never be Johnny Cash eating a, eating a cake in a bush high as fuck cool. And it's just Johnny Cash sitting in a bush. And he's, just, he's got cake on his mouth. Like, that's, that's what I want. I want this Absolutely. guy. Absolutely. I want that's this guy. That's what I want. Yep. That's I don't want, what I want. You know, I don't, I don't I, want I anybody say, talking about sustainability. I, I, you know, I, 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 you guys have the best ever, you know. Uh, if Bon Scott could hear what's going on in, in rock and roll today, he'd be flipping in his grave, you know. Yeah. I mean, Bon yeah. Scott was the rock star, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he went hard. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah, he's not. Yeah, Bon Scott's from, you know, Kerry Muir's eh, 40, 40 miles north of us. We're not far from, from here where Bon Scott was born. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, those are the guys, man. Those, those, uh, you know, when I, when, yeah, when I hear the, you know, you know, even I now watch Formula One racing now, and you know, you've got, um, you know, Formula One drivers and they're talking about, uh, you know, we need to be nicer to the planet and, you know, we, you know, 
all the years ago. Fuck off. Give me James Hunt, who was like having, he was, he was going around afterwards. He was having a vodka, smoking a cigarette, and having sex with most of the green girls. <laughs> What's the point of being a, a, a rock star or a NASCAR or an or a Indy One driver and not getting to do that stuff? You know, why would you want to be a rock yeah. star nowadays? Yeah. You know, you don't get I to think... do anything. Yeah. Sweet glass smoothies, mindfulness, and yoga. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not, it's not, yeah. not quite the same ring as cigarettes and alcohol. No, one of the no, it, one, uh... of, one of the uh, one of the coolest stories I ever heard was uh, years ago. Did you ever watch uh, Top Gear, the car show? Yeah, Top Gear. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a while ago, no, a long time ago, now maybe ten years ago, it was um, oh fuck now, what's his name? Ah, uh, for some Alice Cooper, uh, Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper, and you know, you know, you know, Jeremy Clarkson said, you know, we've heard all the stories about you know rock stars doing this, and he, he's you know, he said, uh, you know, who was the craziest of them all? Um, you know, it was a uh, oh, shit. I forgot the name though. The who, the drummer from the who. Uh, Keith Moon. Keith Moon. Yeah, and that's what he said. He goes, who was a kid? He goes, yeah, he goes, Keith Moon by far was a fucking lunatic. A lunatic. <laughs> just, just, just a crazy person. You know, and they, they did ask um, Roger Daltrey as well. So, you know, you did at any point, did Keith Moon drive a Rolls Royce into a swimming pool? He said, I didn't see it, but I did see a bill for removing a Lincoln Continental from a swimming pool. <laughs> So he was, but that happened. So, um, you know, you know, you know, these old guys, you know, these old guys, you know, Alice Cooper and stuff. Are, they, you know, you know, he said he said, I can't remember most of the shit in the eighties. I don't know what fucking happened. <laughs> Just don't know what happened in the eighties, you know. And uh, all these guys. Stevie, yeah. Stevie Tyler Vero Smith says his biggest regret of the eighties was he did too much heroin, didn't fuck enough groupies. <laughs> well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's genuinely his biggest regret. His biggest regret is too much heroin and aren't enough fucking a groupies. Yeah, the the, the heroin. Uh, that's not that's not the best way to go about doing things, you know. Uh, uh, it. Uh, but Steven Tyler now looks like a battered housewife. He looks horrible, you know. It kind oh, of but he's, he's, well, it must be like 137 years old. He's very old, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you couldn't do that anymore. You couldn't, uh, you know, that would not be accepted. You'd be an outcast, a social outcast, and uh, you'd be made to apologize. And uh, you, you, yeah, yeah, a lot of people would be upset. Apologize, which is, uh, that's a social media thing, though, you know, the, the, the social media, if, uh, I, I go back and forth on that. You know, I need it for my business, but I'd like to get rid of it all together because it's it's a, a, a plague that you're ruining. You're ruining men. You're ruining these yeah. stars that you heard rumors about. If, if, if uh, Keith Moon drove a Rolls Royce into a swimming pool, you'd have for Instagram seconds. You know, it wouldn't be a legendary story, you know. And uh, yeah. I have a real problem with it. It's it's um, it's a necessary evil, but uh, I'm working really hard to get less and less involved with it because it's just yeah. it, it's a, it's a the, the biggest commodity we have right now as human beings on planet Earth is truth. And you just are not seeing truth on social media or in the media in general 
or from yeah. these governments or it, 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 it truth is, is a valuable commodity that uh, very few people uh, are in possession of. And uh, social media is, is, is hampering these, you know, you can't have a Vaughn Scott anymore because he'll be shamed and canceled by, by these could, soft could you, people um, who don't want anything to do with them. Yeah. Could you imagine, could you imagine what would happen, you know, if Ozzy Osbourne had bitten the head of a bat in 2020? <laughs> Oh, you know, I mean, oh, you have PETA all over him, and it, you know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have been allowed yeah, to be a rock star. Yeah, nope. yeah, he'd been banned. He'd have, you know, there'd been an investigation. Yeah. Um, you know, he would, have, he would have got charged for hurting bats' feelings. And, That's you know. right. <laughs> and what um, would we do without Ozzy Osbourne? You know, what would we do? Uh, you know, we need Ozzy Osbournes in the world, you know? Yeah. Oh, totally. You definitely I don't need think, uh, I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think any of that stuff would be allowed. You know, you just, uh, you, you know, it's crazy how far the world shifted to, you know. So, that, you know, there's certain things that are obviously unacceptable, but, um, yeah, I, you know, the, the idea uh, these people are supposed to be, you know, clean cut and, you know, it's, it's, whenever you see something coming out and it's like, uh, you know, some high-flying Wall Street banker or some politician you know, he did cocaine. You're like, yeah, but I mean, isn't isn't like everybody else on a Saturday night? Like, so what? What? Like, why is that different? Like, I, I, up, guys, I, you know, I have a, I have a, 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 you know, this fantasy where I would run for some kind of political office, and I think the first thing I would do is come out and say everything I've done, you know, from top to bottom, and then just go with it, and I think people would respond to that if you ever actually had a politician come out and say uh yeah you know i did this i was a womanizer and i i i snorted cocaine and i did i think people would just go ah big sigh of relief and go finally a human I, being wants I, to do this. I genuinely believe if somebody came out now and actually was honest i believe and you know maybe this is why uh maybe this is why trump is so popular uh, you know, with with his base is because he actually says what he means, and he actually does it. And it, you know, he's still, you know, he's not, you know, he still does fucking outrageous things. And you know, I don't think everything he says is true. But more than everybody else, he's more of a human being, and he actually, you know, he says things as a human being rather than these really weird lifelong politicians that can kind of do these really weird monologues. And you go, fuck, man, you're full of shit. You're full of shit. Well, it's insane. so I... when you think about Trump, so uh, Trump has no filter, and and I'll give you I'll give you the standard line that everyone gives you. You know, I'm not a fan of Donald Trump as a human being. Uh, mm. That's the standard line, right? That's what everybody says. Um, but Trump has no filter, and you never have to worry about what he's actually thinking. And yeah. the thing about it is, is like. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say things all the time. Uh, you know, you know, I, in this interview, I called someone a fag earlier. That's my own 12-year-old mentality, where that's the language yeah. I used when I was 12. And it's not politically correct now. I don't give a shit. If you want to cancel me, I have no animosity towards any human being on the planet, as long as you're nice to me. And, yeah. and that's what we're living in now, is you can't. Words are considered violence. Mm. If you say the wrong thing, even though you have good intentions in your heart, you get canceled and people, you know, yeah. people will not let you do things. Trump doesn't give a shit. 
Trump just yeah. says whatever the fuck comes into his brain, and he, I kind of, I kind of respect the fact that at least I know what I'm getting with Trump. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, I never have to wonder. This is who he is, and I don't have to wonder what's going on. The stuff that's going on in our country right now is, uh, it's, it's. Um, it's fueled by social media. It's fueled by media in general. Um, you don't see the things that are on the news in the vast majorities of corners of, the, of this country. You see them in these outcrops and, and weird. I mean, I've been to Portland, I think, six times as a Highland Games athlete. Portland mm. was a great city, but it was always filled with a bunch of weirdos and a bunch of drug users on the sidewalk and all these runaway kids and it's filled with these people in society who can't can't make it they can't they can't uh they they can't find a way to succeed and it was always like that now you're just weaponizing them by showing them on the media every day and Mm. in the towns i i hang out in you don't see that but the only thing the media is showing the world is portland on fire and yeah you know, Portland, just... Port- yeah, Portland used to have the the slogan, wasn't it? Keep Portland weird. Did I remember that right? So that's a lot of. So you have keep Austin weird. You have keep Portland weird. You have all these. Uh, you have a bunch of cities who have that as a slogan. Yeah. And what's funny is these were cities I used to love going to. So uh, Portland was a city I loved going to. Austin, Texas, was a city I loved going to. Key West, Florida, New Orleans. But Austin and Portland have both had some real issues with what's going on lately because uh, it's great to keep Portland weird, but you have to have some law and order involved, too, to keep the weirdos from taking over. You can't just say, okay, weirdos, take over the whole city, and even though we, we embrace you being weird, maybe we shouldn't embrace you burning down a building or, you know, I mean, yeah. It's uh, there's a thin line you have to, to cross, and like I said, those cities were Portland, New Orleans, Key West, Austin, Calgary, Nashville. These were all cities I love and love to go to, but I, I don't know if if towns like Portland and, and Austin will be friendly to people. I have no political bias one way or another, but I don't think if I walk down the streets in Portland, I'm going to be welcomed anymore, you know, no matter what my political beliefs are, and there's certainly not. Republican or Democrat, I could care less. I, you know, I, I want yeah. to make money and I want to feel safe with my family, and, and yeah. that's the only thing I want to. I care about. So, if you're a Democrat, you can do that for me. Great. If you're a Republican, that's great. You can do it if you do that for me. That's yeah. great. But yeah, uh, I mean, you know, in terms of you know, obviously we don't, you know, obviously we can't vote in America, but you know, even in you know in the UK, uh, you know, I don't feel like there's really a political party for me. There seems to be like this widening gap in america is the same you know i would you know if i was in america you know i'd be more likely to vote republican right now than democrat but you know i wouldn't say that you know i would go that way or that way it's just like it feels like there's a widening gap and there's like a lot of people that are having to choose this way or this way when there's really like there should be like another option someplace because a lot of people are like yeah i don't really agree with this or this yeah and there's nothing um yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's the same in, it's the same over here. There's, there's, there's a widening gap this side, this side, and it's only grown wider, and it will get more violent. And uh, 
you know, I think, you know, you're right, the social media is, you know, when it gets to the stage where, you know, people are just looking to score these really petty, bitchy points in each other. Oh, but you know, your guy did this, and your guy did this, oh, but your guy did this, and he said this, yep. and you go, fuck, fuck off. Yeah. yeah. It's just so, it's so petty, and you're like, I don't know about you. I don't have time to worry about all those no. fucking pay things. It's all fucking nonsense. You know, it's yeah. all just a bullshit, really. I, 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 as far as social issues, I lean way left. So, mm. you know, I'm pro-gay marriage. I'm pro-gay choice. I, I'm pro-civil rights. I, you know, I, I'm all this stuff. But you know what? I want to be able to have my guns. And I yeah. want people to actually work for their paycheck. And I want a strong military and a strong police force because without law and order i can't do all the stuff i want to do i I can't take my family places i can't all the stuff i want for my life i can't do that unless i have a a strong law enforcement presence that keeps the weirdos and the 'er ne'er-do-wells from taking shit from me you know i only have so many bullets you know and i can't defend myself constantly i need someone to do that and i'm willing to pay someone to do that um and, so, and without yeah, I mean, a strong law enforcement presence, I don't get to do all the things I want yeah. to do. And that's, you know, so, you know, exactly what you just said there. I would agree. Uh, I think you yeah, have a problem there. Uh, and then, you know, kind of morally conservative in terms, you know, I, you, you know, we're both the same. No, I don't care. I don't care what people do. Just as long as, you, yeah. as, long as you're not harming other people. 100%. Because an issue, I don't care. You know, if, I don't care if, if somebody wants to be. Oh, you, you know, you want to be. A, you, you want to be a woman now. Okay, cool. I mean, if that's what you right. want to do, I don't. You know, doesn't make a difference. It's when you start to harm people that's when it becomes an issue. And like you know, financially because you know, I think everybody should have to earn their crust. Um, you know, I think you know, you know, there's far too many people don't work for a living. Um, you know, that should be. Not a thing. Yeah. But socially, man, I, I really don't... As long as you do what you want, you know. Uh, but, you know, strong strong military, strong police presence, law and order. You know, I don't... I, you know, that's not... You know, that's not a ridiculous ask from It really society. is. It's really the <laughs> bare minimum of what government can provide for you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know. It's crazy that you have to have a conversation that that's what you want. <laughs> Whereas, as you say, yeah. you know, people work, you pay your taxes, you get the military, you get the law enforcement, everyone should be good. And yet yeah. people try and argue against those points and don't want, the, you know, defunding the police has become... I suppose popular is the word I would use. The military gets slammed over the here. The most idiotic thing I've ever heard in my life. Defund the fucking police. What the so, fuck? <laughs> I, I was a corrections officer for 19 years. So, you know, I was, I, I'm a big support the, the police person. But the people who are calling to defund the police are fundamentally incapable of defending themselves. If you look at these people, they're weaklings they are not uh they're not training they're they're in a lot of trouble if the the police go away guess who gets to be the warlord me i get to decide if uh, if i take your stuff if i take Mm -hmm. your guns if i take your food it becomes me because i'm bigger and stronger than you the only thing keeping me from taking your shit 
is those police officers you wanted to fund. And those guys are important to your survival, not necessarily my survival. Me and you, the three of us, we take jujitsu. We understand how to brawl. We understand how yeah. to do this stuff. We're in shape. We're, you know, we understand this stuff. Yeah. These people who are calling for the defunding the police, they're not ready. They're not ready for violence, you know, and, and that's yeah. that's a big problem, especially in the United one, States one where thing. everybody has a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and just what you, you, you touched on then, I would go further. So you were saying, you know, the only thing stopping you from taking other people, you know, forget about the police, because the police aren't always there. So, you know, I, you know, I was a reasonable boxer. Uh, you know, I, I've ran marathons and triathlons and, you know, I'm fairly strong. The only thing stopping me from beating the shit out of something and taking the stuff off them is me being a decent human being. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Stop me doing it because if this guy, you know, whoever lives next door, if, you know, I could just go take your stuff and there's nothing you can do about it because we don't have guns here. So I could just take your stuff. The police aren't here. So, right? Not happening is me being nice. That's it. Yeah. There's nothing. If, if you can't, if you're not physically strong, have some cardio and are able to defend yourself, and you have weapons. Nothing you can do. Your 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 three thousand followers on Instagram is not going to help you defend yourself. Nothing. <laughs> you nothing. know, it, it becomes Mad Max real quick, and uh, and that's you know, super scary. It's oh, super scary cool. for guys like us, you know, let alone these people who have no chance of, of helping. Oh, so. cool. You know, it's you, you know, it's like oh, cool. You picked you picked up a black bag full of plastic. Give, give me your money. Do you know what I mean? It's like that. This, it's, these are all really nice things, but without law and order, it's all irrelevant. It's all irrelevant. Um, yeah. And it's uh, a lot of it. The loops back to what we talked about, like you know, forty minutes ago. People think they can fight yeah. when they cannot, and they think in their head they're okay because they've never been punched in the face. They've never had someone come up and steal something. They've never had someone put that pressure sure. on them. So they go, oh, um, we don't need the police, we don't need the protection, and then someone pops them in the face, and they go, oh, actually, having, having uh, so yeah. you know, having uh, having you know boxed that heavyweight, um, well, uh, two hundred pounds, um, you know, if a if a two hundred pound man who knows how to punch punches you in the face, you have a problem. <laughs> yep. You have a real problem, especially um, especially you know, if you uh, for the last, uh, you know. 25 years of your life you've been eating cheetos and uh watching <laughs> video games on tv and playing on your social media and not training you're in a lot of problems and yeah. you know i i see a lot of these people protesting and i'm like okay you but you're not ready you're you, we can do you know, this any way you want to do it but you're not ready this actually brings me back now there's something that it has been brought to attention in the last couple of days here in scotland did you see it i, I think you did see it, ali maybe you sent me actually there's a, a TripAdvisor review about Ben Nevis, which is the, the highest mountains, the highest mountain in Britain. <laughs> somebody, somebody left a one, somebody left a one star review for a mountain. So it's the highest mountain in in, in Britain. So it's four thousand four hundred and something feet. And somebody left a bad review on it because, like, my girlfriend was crying. It's really, really high and steep. And it's really hard to climb. There's no facilities at the top. There's no facilities at the top. There's no restaurant. 
And then, like, I got, yeah. the, I got, we got to the top, and it was cloudy. We couldn't even see anything. And it's like you are everything that's wrong in the world. Like, what the fuck? What did you think this was going to be? And it's yeah. some like modern humans, mod the, 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 you know, these softest shit. You know, the guys who watch Conor McGregor and going, oh man, I wouldn't have tapped to that. The fuck off, man. No idea. Right. Don't... Yeah, Khabib's got you, you in a, in a chin lock yeah. and you're not going to tap. Right. I know those guys. Khabib, yeah. if, 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 if the best wrestler in the UFC has you in a real naked choke, it doesn't even matter where it is. And he is putting pressure on because you've talked so much shit to him that he really wants to murder you. And he's yeah. putting everything into it. I can assure you any single person on planet Earth would go, fuck this. And they're like, oh, my fucking, fucking top, man. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, those are the guys, those are the guys who leave bad reviews for mountains because they're too hard. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> what did you expect from a mountain? Uh, you know, that's kind it's of the like, whole point, is it's hard to get to the top of. It's like, you know, it's like, it's like going to deadlift and there's, you know, whatever, 500 pounds and it goes, oh, man, that's really, yeah, dickhead, of course it's hard. It's 500 pounds, like, <laughs> what do you think? It's so funny. It's, um, yeah, I think, uh, uh, I, you know, I don't even know how you fix any of this stuff any i don't know how you fix this stuff apart from you know good men teaching their kids how to be good men and and, and you know good girls uh I, I, I don't know how you fix it i don't know where it goes um, I, I i think I, I think i think i think at some point there will be a swing and, and people will start to realize how unbelievably ridiculous they're being uh, but when that happens i, I don't know yeah, I, I think you're right on both points. I think first there the, there will be a, a pendulum swing back, just like mm. there always is, right? So, uh, but I think that the key is raising, you know, raising your children the way you would want to see humanity exist. So, I talk about this all the time on our podcast that people talk about how hard it is to raise children in, in this day and age, and it, it's not. It's the easiest time in the world to raise a successful child, because if you give him just a little bit of work ethic, a little bit of discipline, he will rule the world. My son is 15 years old and he looks completely different than all the other kids around him. If you line him up with with 20 of his other friends, he looks completely different because he's literally been learning discipline and exercising since day one. And my wife and I came to a, 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 we came to this thought that we were going to raise him like we were raised in the 80s. So he's been a free-range kid, you know. He leaves, and he goes and hangs out with his friends, and we say, hey, be home when the streetlights are on. And he, he would show up, you know. And now that he's in high school, he goes out with his friend, and as long as he's not doing anything wrong, there's no restrictions on that. So if he doesn't fuck up, then I, I don't bust his balls, and I don't hover over top of him. And, and uh by giving him a little bit of, of of anonymity and a whole lot of discipline, he's going to be fine. But these parents that are are constantly either hovering over their children or doing everything for them are just creating more soft people protesting in in Portland. And it's it, that's yeah. what we're dealing with, you know. Just I, I remember, um, you know, when I was when I was a kid, you know, knees. Uh, my granny and granddad had a great big house and it had coal fires and everything. And when I was 
you know, five five years old, I was sent to get logs and buckets of coal. So I was like this little guy, you know, I was just carrying coal with logs, and that was yeah. my job, you know. And it's like, you know, and that's carried through now to where the you know the work ethics there, you know. And um, one of the, my favourite quotes is, uh, I think it was a Rock who said it. I think it was, you know, you know, just focus on being the hardest working guy in the room. Yeah, that's all it really and comes from down there, to, right? And you can't, you can't really go. I mean. We all, we all have our bad days. You go to jiu-jitsu and go, I'm tired, I'm sore. But generally, if you go in there and say, I'm going to try and outwork everybody in the room today, I mean, just start there. You go, yeah. So that, that know, takes us back know, to Highland Games. If kids have robbed that, yeah. When I was in Highland Games, you know, I was 5'11 five, five on a good day. Uh, I, had, I had a very minimal throwing background. I, 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 I wasn't like the most athletic guy on the planet. And I'm competing with Dan McKim, who's six foot five, and he looks like, you know, Zeus threw him down from Mount Olympus. And, you know, these guys that are just amazing. And the only thing I had was I could outwork them. We all had 24 hours. What are you going to do with it 24 hours? So I became obsessed mm-hmm. with outworking everybody. And I think at, as, as normal human beings walking a planet, if you can just get yourself to outwork the guy next to you, you'll be successful. There's nothing on paper that should have said that I should have made five national championships or that I should have been the best, uh, uh, the highest ranked caber tosser in 2012, my last, my last real year. All, there's nothing about me that says I should have been able to do that other than the fact that I was willing to outwork everybody else because it was the only thing I had. I had zero talent. I had zero genetic gifts. My father uh, is 5'9", 260 pounds. My mother's not, you know, she's 5-something, 100 and nothing. I had no genetic gifts at all. All I had was a work ethic, and I just knew that if I worked my ass off, I could do whatever those guys did. And if more people did that, I think they would be in better shape. You sound uh, uh, very similar to me. You know, I'm I'm, uh, I'm like, I never quite made six foot, so I'm like five, yeah. 11 and three quarters. Uh, I am absolutely and utterly not built uh, for triathlons or marathons, but I've done them. Uh, you know, as a heavyweight, you know, as a, a 200 pound boxer, I was the wrong size, the wrong shape, because I was small, you know, quite short and and, and broad, really broad. Um, uh, you know, same for jiu-jitsu, I'm kind of all wrong shape for, for doing it, because I'm, again, small and boxy, and, you know, but I fucking work hard. Yeah. <laughs> I work really, really, really hard at these things, yeah. and um, I've had, you know, some success, so, uh, but I have... You know, like you're saying, I, you know, I didn't come from an athletic background. My parents aren't athletic. My parents are both really small. My dad's five eight, and like my, you know, my mum's like five two. I'm like, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, and it's just going, you know, you do something, and you go, you know, even now, you know, jujitsu is kind of my main focus. You just go, how far can I push this? Yeah. What can right. I do? Fuck it, yeah. man. Like, you know, we've got 24 hours in a day. You know, I'm 35, so I have probably, you know, 20 years left of been reasonably functioning as a as a, a decent kind of athletic person so okay how how far can you push it how what can i yeah. do i have yeah. no time ta- i'm not talented at anything you know people are you know because i you know i've done so many things like i say all these different various fields and people say you know what's your favorite event in triathlon well none of them 
I'm not a good swimmer. I'm not a good cyclist. I'm not a good runner. But yeah. I've done lots of triathlons because I'll do the work and I fucking get through it. Yeah. You know, I'm not good. I'm not good at anything. <laughs> you know, but I've done lots. It's just hard work, putting your head down, and that comes from you know, like I say, when I was a little kid, get a bucket full of coal, and I'd be going yeah. down coal, and I was constantly doing things, constantly yeah. doing things, um, and it, you know, never did me any harm. <laughs> I, I I I I can totally relate, man. I think that's uh, I think it's the most important thing we have as humans is the ability to work and the willingness to work. And uh, uh, it, it, I just think if if more people would embrace that and embrace the fact that shit's gonna hurt when you climb to the top of the mountain, it's gonna hurt, and you might not get to see everything. You might have to piss in a bush, but uh, you know it's it's uh, it's the the act of climbing to the top of that mountain that makes it five stars no matter what yeah. you have you know if it's yeah. harder to give them more fucking stars not less yeah. you know i think and, um, uh, that's where we're at one of, one of my one of the favorite quotes um i've ever read is, is you know the the famous henry rollins you know 200 pounds is to always be 200 pounds that quote's um it's so good it's so like it's so because there's no bullshit you can't yeah. you know you, you can't bullshit lift and weight you know, or you know, you could you could apply that to jiu-jitsu. You can't blag it if somebody's trying to if, if somebody's trying to you know choke you. You can't you can't blag that. You can't you know you can't fake it. You know yep. if you get your if you get your ass kicked, it's because you got your ass kicked. And I love it's, that. It's um, uh, it's the ultimate truth teller. Those maps are the ultimate truth teller. How, who are you? Know, you? Are you, you know, are you gonna tap the pressure? Are you gonna? Are you gonna tap because something's super uncomfortable? I know you can't yeah. fucking breathe, but you better move and you gotta do something because you, otherwise you're a bitch. You yeah. know, <laughs> if, yeah. if you tap because something's uncomfortable, that's you're not my kind of human. I can't hang out with you. We can't be pals. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I could not agree more. Yeah. <laughs> Just couldn't agree more. You know, it's, uh, you know, you know, you have to be, you, have, you know, in every position in life. Uh, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, with work or you know, whatever physical activity you're doing, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. You have yeah. to be. Um, and now, you know, at, at 46 uh, yeah. years old, I love it. I love that feeling. I, you know, I'm here down, I'm, I'm visiting my parents, uh, my in-laws down here in Tennessee, and uh, I went out this morning and ran some hills, and uh, mm. I'm not used to these kind of mountainous places in Cleveland, so I'm running up the hills, and the higher that hill got, the more I dug it, man, because it hurt. And I knew that mm. every step I took, and the more it hurt, the better I was getting, you know. Yeah. And, and, uh, I just loved it. And I'll sleep soundly tonight, knowing that I put in as much work as I could today, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, 100%. 100%. I think uh, we've done like an hour and a half, haven't we? Just kind of up. Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it happens when you're having fun. Um, yeah, that was uh, like an hour and a half, and that was uh, you know, I, you know, before we started, I got this. This is a noco, like a caffeine drink. I was really, I was really, really tired. And then I had that, and then I just took off, and and uh, I feel like I could talk for another three hours now. But uh, yeah. it's uh, it's getting it's getting late here. But yeah, it was a really really fun conversation. I think uh, you know we'll we'll speak again at some point in the future. Um, you know, maybe I we'll speak to you when you, you, when you get your blood. I, I, uh, I was super psyched to get the invite, and uh, I, I've got a big mouth, so I, 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 I don't mind talking. <laughs> so 
Uh, I just really thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. I know, you know, if you if you uh, if you do make the trip to Scotland, make sure you give us a shout and we'll we'll get a rolling. Hell yeah! Take me some of them pubs up there. Let's uh, let's make some bad decisions. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Just before we fully wind up there, Mark, just so that uh, people that are listening to us from our side can find out more about yourself, and you mentioned a few times your podcast, where can people find it, find yourself, where's the best places to look to find out a bit more about the, your unique savagery? Yeah, so uh, I'm only on Instagram. Uh, it's uh, at Refined Savage Actual. Um, you can find me there. Uh, the podcast is pretty much everywhere you get podcasts. Uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify. I don't have that Joe Rogan money, but uh, Spotify and uh, okay. iHeartRadio. Uh, you can check out the podcast there. Uh, we are, uh, it's always been an in person podcast, but now we uh, have decided that we're going to do something similar to this because I've got friends all over the world and I'd like to start yeah. talking to them. Uh, so we're going to be doing some Skype interviews here. We've got some really guests, good guests lined up. I'm super psyched. Um, and then uh, at Blind Dog Strong is our other podcast. Uh, 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 Instagram post so at Refined Savage Actual at Blind Dog Strong and uh, I post all my personal stuff at Refined Savage Actual and if you want to hear my nonsense on a daily basis that's probably the best place to go. Awesome. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. That, we'll tag that in our show notes as well when we post this um, this episode live. Awesome. Uh, I, I thank you guys, man. This has been great. I'd love to do it again. Anytime you want, just let me know. Well, um, yeah, maybe when uh, you know we'll we'll keep an eye on your Instagram and we'll we'll wait and see when you when you get your blue belt and you know maybe we'll maybe we'll speak to you again sometime around then and uh, yeah. I I better have it soon I tell you what <laughs> <laughs> awesome man uh, yeah well you have a you have a, a great day uh, over there in, in uh, the US and uh, yeah thanks thanks for your time man it was great fun uh, it was a great time guys thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. Episode 38, Silly Goose Gang Podcast. We are out. The Silly Goose Gang Podcast.